May the grace, mercy, and peace of God, our Heavenly Father, be with each one of us here this morning. And I pray that that God would work in in me as a speaker and also in each of us that that His Word would be food for our eternal portion. This morning I'm going to read from the Gospel according to Luke. Sure, in the next week or so, we'll hear about the birth of Christ, being Christmas, and so I just wanted to uh, talk about John, who was the predecessor to Christ, and and how he came to be born. And I'll start in the fifth verse. The first few verses there are just a little explanation of about Luke himself, how he wrote this letter to Theophilus. But uh, we'll start at the fifth verse, and uh, I'm not sure where I'll stop, but I'll just read from uh, Luke 1, verse 5. There was in the days of Herod the king of Judea a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. And the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to shew thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias, and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple, And when he came out, he could not speak unto them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them, and remained speechless. And it came to pass, as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed into his own house. 
After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste, into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden, and behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is, is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He has holpen his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months, and returned to her, to her own house. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her. 
And they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. And they called him Zacharias after the name name of his father. But his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him be called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. And fear came on all them that dwelt round about them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring on, from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. Amen. is a very familiar portion, I'm sure, for all of us, but I think it's, it's good to, to continue to remember and reinforce these things that happened and, and how they happened, and I pray that each of us could, could get something out of, out of it. talking about Zachariah and Elizabeth, who were John the Baptist's parents, and and then it also talks about Abraham, and there's some similarities in that they both were, it says, well-stricken in years. They were older people and and had no children, and and to both of these people, God sent an angel to, to tell them that, that they were going to have a child, and, and in, in both cases, they... They uh, didn't believe it, and it it gives me strength. So many of the the uh, well, continually throughout the Bible, we see these these people who we look to as as uh, 
patriarchs of the church and and yet we can see in them the same humanity that we have to deal with that that uh, that there's nobody who is perfect other than Jesus in the Bible and and to me that's a great a great comfort because I'm certainly not perfect either and and if these ones that went before had been perfect then I would have no hope for myself but but we can see that God worked with them in their weakness and, and even though they were often disbelieving and and they might have even laughed at the things that the angel or the Lord would, would tell them that that God still had patience with them and, and he worked with them and and he still performed the things that, that he had promised. And that's that's really the one of the keys with God is that God is faithful even though we may we may come up short and we do come up short in so many ways. God is still faithful and he will still perform his promises and and uh, most especially in sending Jesus to be our savior. look at that 15th verse when it says about talking about John that he would be great in the sight of the Lord that he would be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb and I think that's really a a key point of doctrine which which uh, a lot of churches uh, overlook there's a lot of churches out there nowadays who call themselves Christian but they deny that children are able to be really Christians, or or believe, or or uh, have the Holy Ghost. But this one very clearly says that John had the Holy Ghost uh, even from his mother's womb, and that that reinforces our belief that children, in, in other places, the Bible tells us that children are really the the epitome of of an example of of how Christians should be in their faith, and and here even in in being filled with the Holy Ghost, that that that's something that, that children can can be, and even for myself, the small children can be an example for me. Uh, the Bible tells us to be <coughs> to be in malice be children, but in understanding be men, and and that's so true especially the smaller the children are they they just they don't hold on to grudges the way adults do they don't um, they're not malicious in the, in the way that as people get older they they tend to get malicious and uh you know, see these little kids especially when they're 2 or 3 or or younger they they're so honest that that it, I think it's a great example for for every one of us. We see that uh, it says that many of, that that John the Baptist would turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. The, the state of Israel at that point was was not uh, very religious i think the, there was some people who were religious but there were a lot of people who 
who were very secular, and it's even the same today throughout the world. Our own nation here has, uh, even in Alberta, we've, as a rule, turned away from from uh, God. Not that many years ago, the older people would remember uh, Ernest Manning and and. Uh, no doubt uh, most of us have heard of it. William Aberhart, who was the predecessor to Manning. These men were, were godly men who were uh, premiers of this province of Alberta. And they stood for things that, that were in, type, in line with the Bible. And, and that's a foundation that we're still reaping benefits from in our natural in our natural land here and we see that from that we've gone to a point where our our current government at both provincial and federal level is is not just ungodly they are anti-godly they're doing everything in their power to fight against christian values and the things that god has has uh, laid out to be true these are the things that we're dealing with. And the world, world over, this has been the way humans have gone. And that's how Israel was when Jesus came. It was very apostate. It was, uh, the people weren't very godly and as a rule. And that's when Jesus came into a very dark time. And John was sent to to wake them up, to to turn them to the Lord. And he, toward the end of this uh, passage, it, it uh, talks a little bit about that, that he would, the things that John would do. It says that he would, <clears throat> he shall go before, before Jesus in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. These people were not prepared for the Lord, and and many people even in the world today are not prepared for the Lord. There is a very small, very small group of people who are seeking Christ. And we know that God has to work. It's It's not something that we do. To, uh, to do God's work, it has to be God's will, and God has to give the power for it to, to truly happen. But I pray that each of us would be willing to be obedient, as, as the Bible says, that, that we would be, be ready to give answer to those that would ask of the hope that's within us, and to do whatever God would, would have us to do. Zacharias wanted a sign. He says, whereby shall I know this? How, how am I supposed to believe that this is going to happen, that my wife is going to be a, be a mother? It doesn't say how old they were, but they were probably like, like it, it says of Abraham, that they were past childbearing age, and it would take a miracle for, for them to have a son, and that was how, how it was here.
the angel tells him that you will be dumb, you will not be able to speak until the day these things shall be performed. Because you believe, not, thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias, and they marveled he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. They perceived that he had seen a vision. For he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And as soon as it came to pass, it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me, to take away my reproach among men. Many societies, traditionally, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a blessing to have children, and, and I, I believe that that's in order, and that's something our, our ungodly society around us today is, is trying to move away from, that uh, they're trying to... To have a society where, where having children is not a blessing and encouraging people not to have children, but we see that that among Christians it still it still is uh, considered a blessing and, and biblically it is a blessing to have children, and it's it's really necessary. angel Gabriel, same angel he went to, to marry then who was the cousin of Elizabeth and they were at opposite ends of the spectrum It's nobody knows exactly how old Mary was but she was a very young young lady, maybe 14 or 16 years old or speculated And the angel also told Mary that she was miraculously going to have a son in a different way. It says that thou shalt, <coughs> thou, tells Mary, thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Some of these things too, the, there was many prophecies in the Old Testament of this Savior who was going to come. And people expected that he would physically come as, as that he would, he would have the throne of David and reign over the house of Jacob. And many of these people, they were expecting a physical king who would who would uh, take over the physical throne. And, and, and a lot of these things would lead us to that, just with our human understanding. They would, and that's, and that's where most of the Jews were at. They were highly oppressed. They were under Roman rule at that time. And they, 
a lot of people longed for for the old nation of Israel where they were they had their own king and and they they were waiting for this this uh, savior to come physically but of course Jesus didn't come that way we know now we know that he he was his his kingdom was as it says not of this world but his kingdom was was a spiritual kingdom and that he would he would rule in people's hearts and a lot of times i think that that even has it's more subtle but it has more power than a physical king The angel tells Mary how this is going to happen. It says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. We see here the humility that Mary had. She says, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. It wasn't going to be an easy thing for this this young lady to have a, a child. At this point, she wasn't married yet. She uh, was what what we would call engaged. She was a spouse to this this man Joseph, but they weren't totally married yet. And. We know that when a when a young lady is is pregnant, it, it's uh, without being married, it it can be a, a hard thing to explain. And in this case, too, Zacharias or uh, Joseph, he he wasn't sure what to do with the situation, but but God also encouraged Joseph that that this was God's plan that God was actually the father of this child and that everything was in order to go ahead and marry this this uh, lady that he was supposed to we see that Mary went and visited her cousin Elizabeth and they they spent some some time together it says that as soon as Mary entered into the house and saluted Elizabeth. It came to pass that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. This baby, uh, John, who is still in the womb of his mother, heard the salutation of Mary, and he recognized, as we, as Christians, we can recognize the the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and others. This uh, this baby is the same. He uh, he leaped for joy being in the presence of his Savior Jesus, even though Jesus had barely been conceived in in his mother's womb. These two babies were both still in, inside their mother. They recognized each other that they were in their presence, and and they. And there was joy at that. And Elizabeth says, Blessed is she that believed, 
We see that Mary, Mary, Mary wondered at the things the angel told her, but she, she wasn't in disbelief. She wondered at them. She didn't totally understand them, as none of us would. But, but she accepted them. She, she, uh, she received that angel and the things he said, and she, she was willing to, to do what God, whatever God would have for her there. It says he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. And they certainly have, in, in some cases, they some some people have, have regarded Mary even as, as being greater than Christ, which is was a great error. And I don't think Mary ever intended that that would happen. That's human nature getting in there again. But But Mary was blessed. She, she was blessed to be the mother of this Savior, the whole Savior of the world. This whole, uh, this Bible says Mary's song of thanksgiving. Talking about how God has blessed her and the, and the whole world through, through the, through the gift of Jesus Christ. It says he hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Here we see the how the the Christian Church is such a contradiction to the to the natural world. In the natural world, the people who are of high degree they they continue to get higher generally, and and uh, in the Christian Church. God and Jesus Christ, he, Jesus especially came to those that were of low degree, people who had humility, people like like Mary, his mother, and and throughout the Bible we, we see that throughout these Gospels how Jesus came to those who were in need, people who needed a Savior, who recognized their sinfulness, and, and Jesus says he hath put down the mighty from their seats. He didn't he didn't come to those who were mighty and who were great in their own minds. And in fact he quite often put them down and he he uh, put them in their place you might say. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. And we know that many of those who are rich in their own minds and, and often who are rich in natural things have no need of Jesus. And it's the same today. There's there's uh, many people around us, many people that each of us knows who are, are rich in the things of this world, who have no need of a Savior. And, and it's unfortunate. 
Jesus came to help all people, but he can only he can only give that gift to someone who will accept it and receive it. Says he hath hope in his servant Israel. God had chosen Israel as his as his uh, his special his chosen people, and and even with Christ, he came first to Israel. He came first to those chosen people, and we know that as a rule, most of them rejected him. And then he went into the whole world, as the parable says that. That the ones who were invited weren't worthy to go into the highways and byways and bid anyone that will come to come to the wedding feast. That's what Jesus did. Anyone who would hear that, hear that message and have a need for a Savior, that's who Jesus came for. So we see that John, uh, John was born. The eighth day after he was born, people came. To, they came, and there's a bunch of people there. Came to circumcise the child. They were going to name him Zacharias, which is uh, even to this day very common. You name name the children after their parents and grandparents. But this child was to be called John, and the mother the mother affirmed that, and Zacharias also wrote that his name should be called John and everybody marveled at this and then it says immediately Zacharias' mouth was opened his tongue was loosed and he spake and praised God and fear came on all that dwelt round about them all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea and all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant and the, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to the people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the dayspring from on high hath visited us. See that Zacharias was given, was given this prophecy. He was given an understanding of what his son John would do. And the greatest thing that John did was, it says, to give knowledge of salvation by the remission of their sins. We can read later of the ministry of John, 
how he went out and he preached. He preached repentance and remission of sins. He he uh, made it very clear that he was not the Christ. There were some immediately who heard him preaching, and John preached with great power. There were some that tried to make him Christ, tried to make him their their savior. But John immediately deflected that that praise and said, "No, I'm not the Savior. That there's one coming after me. I'm not. I'm not uh, worthy of of uh, loosing the latchets of his shoes. But he's coming after me, and that's he's going to be the Savior. And that, of course, was Jesus Christ. But John did preach repentance and remission of sins. John, John." preached that same message that Jesus Christ preached and and he told the people that we're sinners that we're all sinners and we all are in need of a savior and he told them to repent that 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 the bible tells us that godly sorrow worketh repentance and there's sorrow for for sin then there's room for a savior without having sorrow for sin there isn't any need for a savior some people who who would claim that repentance is just a change that we hear about Jesus and and we as some churches would say that you make a decision for the Lord that you would choose the savior and uh, a lot of different ways people say it that's not really biblical the Bible says that it tells us that godly sorrow is what works repentance. Sorrow for sin, admission and realization that we are sin brings us to the point of repentance and that through repentance and the admission of sin is is a manifestation of that, one manifestation of, of repentance is confession of sins and that through that then there's a need for a savior we know that Jesus has already done the work he's already paid the price he's already he's already done everything that's needed to pay for the sins that we have committed and do commit every day that all we need to do is to to realize that we are in need of a Savior and that after that, then if we can believe that Jesus is our Savior, then we are in his fold. says, to give knowledge of salvation of his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. It's only through the mercy of God that all this was done. Nothing that we have done, no choice that we could make has brought Jesus to be our Savior. It's only through the, as it says, through the tender mercy of our God that God, through his infinite mercy, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay for all the things that we are not able to, all the things that we owe that we are not able to pay. Jesus has done that by the grace of God. 
as the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is speaking of people who are in sin without Christ. There it says they're in darkness. They're in the shadow of death. They have no hope in this world. And I know a lot of people like that. Unfortunately, it's there's people that have no hope. They, the Bible tells us that as Christians, we don't need to sorrow as those that have no hope. And we know that the people in the world, they don't have hope beyond this life. Many people I know, they... They work hard and they sometimes work seven days a week to have the, the things of this world, fancy toys and whatever whatever they, they like, have a nice house, and, and these things are okay. But it, it, it gives us nothing beyond this world. We can't take any of that with us. And it's only Christ who can give light to us that sit in darkness, as all humans are in darkness in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace that way of peace is of course the way that Jesus that Jesus can give in our church we talk and we greet with God's peace we see that Jesus himself many times came to his people and said peace be unto you Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And this way of peace is only available through Christ. The the world doesn't know it, and the world can't know it. They talk about peace at many different levels. You know, up to the United Nations and that, they're always trying trying to find and make peace. But if they leave out the Prince of Peace, it's never going to happen. Their efforts come to nothing at, at every level unless Jesus is, is part of it. And if Jesus is leading it, then then only then and only then can true peace come. It says the the child this child John grew and walked strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing to Israel. And that's a whole other story of the ministry of John, his showing to Israel and how he came and, and preached in the wilderness. But this story does, as I said, it, it does give us the, the essence of what John came to do, to tell us about Jesus, and, and uh, it also tells us what Jesus came to do. And so I would encourage everyone here to believe, believe on Jesus Christ, believe that, that through what Jesus has done, through his, his uh, birth and through his death on the cross, that he's paid for all of our sin, all the things that we come up short on, and that I encourage everyone here to believe that that Jesus has paid those that price for you and for me, and and trust in that as long as you live. Pray that God would add His blessing to the reading of His Word. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.